Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well always, 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 always. God is on his throne. We are yet on this fallen earth, and um, we're on our way to heaven if we have given our lives to our Lord, if we are in his one holy Catholic and apostolic church, and if we are living as if it is true. Um, We are the most privileged richest people on the face of the earth to have everything the world needs to have the faith and if our lord is leaving us here on earth so far no matter our age it is for two reasons one that we become holier every day that we be saints and secondly that we uh, give to others what god has given us and that is the faith it's not easy Uh, in these days. It's not easy living in some circumstances, in some families. Um, In the United States, as bad as it is, as bad as it's getting, um, we're still better than most countries. We still have more freedom than most countries. And we can never give up. We can never, ever, 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 ever give up. I found an article the subject of perseverance is my is my favorite. I have told people I have one PhD in life. It's in not giving up. That's my PhD, not giving up. <clears throat> and those who per- persevere to the end will be saved. And so on the website of catholicstand.com, one word, catholicstand.com, is an article by Brian McShane written toward the end of last year on perseverance. And he says, why did Thomas Edison not give up trying to invent the light bulb after testing thousands of materials that would not make the right filament? And and little aside here, I heard that he failed 5,000 times. People said to him, well, why aren't you discouraged? He said, why should I be? Now I know 5,000 ways that it doesn't work. And then why did Hillary doggedly climb the summit of Mount Everest? As he reportedly said, when asked why he climbed it, he said, because it was there. (laughs) And why did Jeanette Rankin not give up on women's suffrage and just forget about seeking political office? Why did Roger Bannister try so hard to break the four-minute mile in 1954? They had one thing in common. They had perseverance. And he writes, look at Lincoln's resume before he was elected president. In spite of a past littered with failures, he became one of, if not the greatest, presidents of the United States. To take another somewhat controversial example, Richard Nixon. Uh Uh-oh. (laughs) Richard Nixon, why did he not just fade into obscurity after resigning from the presidency? Instead, he went on to write at least nine best-selling books on everything from diplomacy to world leaders that he knew personally. 
He was consulted about world affairs by every president up to President Bill Clinton, who was in office when Nixon died. Like him or not, Nixon was a man who continually reinvented himself after each of his life's failures, no matter how disastrous. He too knew the value of perseverance. And concerning the saints, he says, let's glance at a few examples from our own Catholic Church. For instance, St. Francis Cabrini, or Mother Cabrini, as she's known, despite her frail health and her strong desire to go to China, she was advised by the Pope to go to West America and minister to the immigrant population. Or rather, to go West to America and... and, um, minister to the immigrant population, Mother Cabrini founded 67 institutions, including schools, hospitals, and orphanages, one for each of her 67 years of life on this earth. She was also the first naturalized American saint, a great example of what one person can do against all odds. And then St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, I don't know if you've watched uh, the film on her, A Time for Miracles, but it's, it's a good film. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton came from wealth, was married with children, and lived quite a different life from the widowed convert who was to found the Sisters of Charity and become the first American-born saint. She was an Anglican. And becoming Catholic was against her family. She was ostracized and all of that. By the time she died, well, I don't know how many women she had in the order when she died, but as of the time of the film, um, there were over 8,000 all over the world. And then St. Martin de Porres of Lima. Lima, Peru, was the child of a black mother and a Spanish father. Because of this... He was ridiculed and severely mocked. However, through his great perseverance and humility, he was finally accepted into the Dominican order he so earnestly yearned to join and became a model for those who seek God through poverty, sacrifice, penance, and humility. Why is perseverance crucial? What then exactly is perseverance? True perseverance is a trait that is often developed over a lifetime. In fact, sometimes it is known as final perseverance, and for good reason. In Father John Hardin's definition, drawing much from the Council of Trent, it means, quote, remaining in the state of grace until the end of life, The Church teaches that it is impossible without the special help of God to persevere in the state of grace to the end. Final perseverance cannot be strictly merited as though a person had a claim on dying in grace because he or she had been faithful through life. No. The reason for this is that the possibility of a fall always remains. One cannot know with infallible certainty whether one will persevere unless one receives a special revelation to that effect. 
like so many other mysteries of the faith, we only get what we need by letting go of what we think we have. I'll repeat that one. We only get what we need by letting go of what we think we have. The author of this article, Brian McShane, he says this. I believe it is a safe assumption that the three Catholic saints mentioned at some point in their life had a conversion experience, a sure knowledge of God, an ever-deepening gift of love, and a desire to serve God, to do this will, to do his will for the rest of their lives, a total giving of self and a letting go of all human desires. They realized that their lives were not about themselves, but about doing God's will, crafted for each one of them in a unique and special way. They set their minds and hearts on a goal and would not be distracted from that goal until it was reached through virtuous, heroic perseverance. Reviewing the type of commitment mentioned above may seem a bit daunting to the average Catholic. On top of that, we may even recall in the recesses of our memory something about Christ's words in the gospel regarding lukewarm. Well, we sure don't want to fall into that category. And I'll just say for those of you who don't know that, our Lord said, I'd rather you be hot or cold But if you are lukewarm, I spew you out of my mouth. I vomit you out of my mouth if you are lukewarm. And and Brian McShane goes on to say, but what is there to do? How can I become better at and more aware of the need for perseverance in my life? There are at least two main areas where we can develop incrementally and without too much difficulty, especially after we make these areas habitual. They are perseverance in faith and perseverance in prayer. You can even do it at home. The Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches us that faith is an entirely free gift that God makes to man to live, grow, and persevere in the faith until the end. We must nourish it with the Word of God We must beg the Lord to increase our faith. It must be working through charity. That's what Paul wrote to the Galatians. Faith working in love, abounding in hope, and rooted in the faith of the church. There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. You are welcome to call in throughout this entire hour, as always. Toll-free call or text at 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com with anything whatsoever on your heart. We'll be right back. Sacred Heart that St. Gertrude the Great wrote. 
I salute thee, O sacred heart of Jesus, living and vivifying source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, ardent furnace of divine love. Thou art the place of my repose and my refuge. Enkindle in my heart the fire of that ardent love with which thine own is inflamed. Pour into my heart the great graces of which thine is the source, and grant that my heart may be so closely united to thine, that thy will may be mine, and that my will may be eternally conformed to thine, since I desire that henceforth thy holy will may be the rule of all my desires and all my actions. Amen. My name is Nathan Wigfield, Executive Director of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer, a Catholic retreat center in Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with the mission of praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. Our goal is to help people experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change their life. The Catholic Church teaches us that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer that Christ Himself, together with His body, addresses to the Father and that its purpose is to sanctify each day in the whole range of human activity. That means every time we pray this prayer, our relationship with Christ is deepened, we are united to the faithful of every time and place, and our entire day and work are made holy unto the Lord. To learn more about the prayer of the Church, please visit liturgyofthehours.org or call our retreat center at 814-676-1910. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at one 877 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are right in the middle of an article by Brian McShane, which is published on catholicstand.com, and it's on the... Um, virtue that we all need perseverance we need perseverance we need to never never give up and we need to not grow lukewarm in our faith whatsoever we need to triple our efforts and the article continues notice the appearance of the three um, theological virtues of faith hope of faith, hope, and charity um, in the above citation. And the above citation uh, is straight out of the catechism. I'll, I'll just reread it. It's uh, two sentences. Faith is an entirely free gift that God makes to man to live, grow, and persevere in the faith until the end. We must nourish it with the word of God. We must beg the Lord to increase our faith it must be working through charity, abounding in hope, and rooted in the faith of the church. It may well be that we are beginning or have begun the process already. The Catechism adds that the children of our Holy Mother, the Church, rightly hope for the grace of final perseverance and the recompense of God their Father for the good works accomplished with His grace in communion with Jesus. 
So we know there is an important relationship between perseverance and faith. That seems reasonable enough and something about which I can be mindful. What about perseverance and prayer? Well, Brian says, this is also explained for us in the Catechism, and it begins in the concept of love also. St. Paul exhorts us to pray constantly, always, and for everything giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. And he adds, or the Catechism uh, adds, it has been laid down that we are to pray without ceasing. This tireless fervor can come only from love. Against our dullness and laziness, the battle of prayer is that of humble, trusting, and persevering love. This love opens our hearts to three enlightening and life-giving facts of faith about prayer. It is always possible to pray. Prayer is a vital necessity, and prayer and Christian life are inseparable. Finally, we are reminded of Jesus' words that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This I command you, to love one another. That's straight from our Lord, beloved. In conclusion, Brian writes, let us commit then to help save our souls and those of our fellow Christians with God's good help by persevering in all good things. Persevere in prayer, persevere in faith, persevere in love, persevere in compassion, and persevere in charity. The list goes on and on, but as many roads lead to the same destination, may the roads we travel lead us to God. God is love. That's a beautiful article, beloved, on catholicstand.com, and it's titled Perseverance. You can find it very easily then on, on the web. I have a special announcement for you. Um, LifeSite News on August 17th um, is celebrating its 25th anniversary with a giant gala in Naples, Florida. Florida. Let me say that again. LifeSite News is celebrating its 25th anniversary with a gala. That's a huge event, ball, dinner, um, in Naples, Florida. On August 17th, I will be there, beloved, and and many of the people you know will be there. So um, LifeSite ed, Life Editor-in-Chief John Henry Weston, Father James Altman, many other guests will be there. Keynote speaker is Jim Cavizio, who pray, prayed, played rather our Lord in the Passion. Um, he's just a fantastic Catholic, and he'll be the keynote speaker. And we'll celebrate LifeSite News' accomplishments defending life and promoting faith, family, and freedom for a quarter of a century, 25 years. And many from the Station of the Cross will be there as well. The tickets are limited. I understand that. So uh, the way to get one, uh, to purchase one, is to visit gala, G-A-L-A, 25.lifesitenews.com. Gala. No, I'm sorry, there's no dot there. My my crazy eyes. Gala twenty five. Gala two five dot 
lifesightnews.com to buy the tickets. And it's um, um, that's it again on August 17th. And the tickets, I understand, are limited. There's only so many people they can include in that room. Um, but but there'll be many there, and it'll be thrilling to, to meet and to hear Jim Caviezel. Um, and I can meet many of you there as well. I would absolutely love that. Um, so it'd be great to see you there. Um, we now have a full half hour. Well, we don't. We have 40 minutes before us. So feel free with anything that's on your heart to call in. Toll free, one 877 5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have an email from Pilar who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, thank you for articulating Catholic truths in ways that touch our hearts and minds. Thank you, Pilar. My daughter's boyfriend is Jewish but not regularly practicing and has relatives who have converted to Protestant Christianity. What paths and resources do you recommend to attract him to the love of Jesus and our Catholic faith while maintaining his cultural sense of Jewish identity? In appreciation and God's love, Pilar. Well, I tell you what, Pilar, you've just about outlined the... um, the raison d'etre, the reason for being, the philosophy, the charism of the Association of Hebrew Catholics. Those are Jewish people who have become the most Jewish they could possibly be by believing in the Jewish Messiah and being part of the church he founded on earth whose roots are Israel, whose God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and who don't want to lose their Jewish identity because God has not wanted them to lose it. And that would be HebrewCatholic.com. One word, singular, HebrewCatholic. No, it's .net. I'm sorry. Hebrew net. Oh, I can't speak. HebrewCatholic.net. HebrewCatholic.net. And you can... Um, read, spend a month reading that website, um, and particularly there's a um, a link to Jewish converts, and my own story is in there, as is my brother David's, who was Catholic 16 years before me. Um, so that's one. Uh, you can go to salvationisfromthejews.com. Roy Showman was an Orthodox Jew who became Catholic, which again is the most Jew. He doesn't consider himself a convert. He considers himself an entrant into Catholicism because the Jewish people, when he comes the second time and Zacharias says they shall look on him whom they have pierced and mourn for him as one mourns for an only son, when they embrace at last the Jewish Messiah, they don't have to convert. They just need to believe in him whom they've waited for, uh, to whom the whole Old Testament and every sacrifice has pointed, and they need to be in the in Judaism um, spread uh, Judaism fulfilled, that's Roy Shoma's definition, Judaism fulfilled in the Messiah and spread to the four corners of the earth. That is what Christianity is. 
uh, the reason we are called Christians is because in the Christ day, um, the the Jews were were slaves to the Romans, and when you came to uh, live with a family. Uh, for whom you were its slave, but you married and had children, and your children played with the family's children, and you came to love them. Well, at the Jubilee, when you were supposed to be set free, you loved that family. You didn't want to be set free. Now you didn't want to be their slave. You wanted to be what the Apostle Paul calls himself in the New Testament, the bond slave of Christ, which is a total voluntary um, desire. I want to serve you from my love, from my own free will. And when they did that, the Jewish people who did not believe mocked them by calling them Christians. Why would they call them that? Because our Lord's title of Messiah through the Koine Greek of our Lord's day uh, is Christ. So from the Old Testament, Mashiach in Hebrew, Messiah in English, into um, the Greek of the New Testament, Jesus, to English, uh, uh, Jesus, but uh, rather, I, I, I got it all mixed up, Messiah, Mashiach, Messiah, um, and then in Christos in the in the Greek and Christ in the English. So he is his not his name is not Mister Christ. His not his first name is it's his name is not Jesus Christ. Uh, he's he is Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Messiah, the Redeemer, the Anointed One. Um, and so because the Jews who did believe were mocked by the Jews who did not believe, they said to the Jews who believed, you're his slaves, you're Christians. I-A-N is a suffix, uh, suffix meaning belonging to, ownership. Well, you belong to Christ. You, you are Christians, just like uh, the Smithsonian, the Institute belonging to. And so... Um, the Jews who followed him and believed he was the Messiah, God in human flesh, um, they said, we'll take it. We love that. We're proud of that. We'll be called Christians, which, of course, became just said as Christian. Um, and so Christianity is, uh, again, um, the, the, the it's not so much the religion our Lord founded uh, in Christ, um, because he founded that when he created us and put the law of God in our hearts. But we turned from him. And so he provided the way back to him by becoming one of us, paying for the price that separated us from God and leading us to God as one of his. Um, that's what Christianity is. It is Judaism fulfilled in the Jewish Messiah. Christianity is a Jewish faith. It doesn't seem like that today, but it's a Jewish faith. It's Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah, as Roy says, spread to the four corners of the earth. Um, and it looks Gentile today because the majority of people in the world are Gentile simply means nations, non-Jewish. But it's a Jewish faith that our Lord gave that every single soul might be saved and live with him forever in heaven. So I hope, Pilar, that helps you. HebrewCatholic.net and Roy wrote, Salvation is from the Jews. Get that book. Salvation is from the Jews. One other book is um, um, 
Honey from the Rock. That's probably the biggest one. Honey from the Rock. 16 Jews. The stories of 16 Jewish people who became Catholic, realizing that it's not the rejection of Judaism, but its fulfillment. We'll be right back. At the Station of the Cross, we are blessed by the variety of donations our listeners generously contribute for our evangelization efforts, from planned gifts to employer matches. We even receive donations through transfers of stock. Please consider giving a gift of stock to help us continue sharing the love of God with our hurting world. If you are being called by God to donate through a transfer of stock from your brokerage account to ours, please ask your broker to contact us at 1-877-888-6279. Your broker will need to indicate the number of shares being transferred as well as the QCIP number of those shares. That's 1-877-888-6279. Thank you for considering a gift of stock to the Station of the Cross so that we can continue proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity. This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. You can also catch a bonus encore Saturdays at noon Eastern. God bless you. Keep the faith. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have a whole half hour to ourselves, and you are welcome, absolutely uh, welcome to call in with whatever is on your heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Toll free or text, call or text 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um <clears throat> We have a a message from Heather on Facebook, and she says, what is the Catholic homeschool that you recommend? Well, um, in the, oh, let's see, what issue, summer of 2020, if you go on our website, uh, motherofisraelshope.org, motherofisraelshope.org, the newsletter to the right of the newsletter tabs, and it's the summer 2020 newsletter on page 10. You can pull it up online. You can download it. Uh, I did a survey of uh, over a dozen, I forget how many homeschooling mothers in our Latin parish. 
and um, gave the results of that in that newsletter. And one of the results were the top resources from these homeschooling moms. And um, uh, the most recommended homeschool organizations, I will give them to you now, um, What came out on top from their experience, so I can't personally tell you it's the best, but I can tell you that I've heard only good reports from every one of these, Our Lady of Victory Homeschool. And I have, if you go, I have all the websites, uh, website addresses in the newsletter as well. So number one, Our Lady of Victory Homeschool. Secondly, Crusaders for Christ. Thirdly, Seton Home Study. Fourth, Mother of Divine Grace. Fifth, Colby Academy. Sixth, Catholic Heritage Curricula. And seventh is the Angelicum Academy. So those are seven top resources. I know there are others, but those are good uh, to get you started. And to the right of that list, I have the recommended books and material resources um, for that. And I'm just going to quickly read those. I think there's five of them. Lepanto Press, um, publication arm of Our Lady of Victory. Lepanto Press, St. Augustine Academy Press, Crusaders for Christ, Angelus Press, and Mother of Our Savior and Refuge for Sinners. Um, and so, um, if, if you missed those, just go to, um, www.motherofisraelshope.org, look for the summer 2020 newsletter under the newsletters tab and scroll down, um, to page 10. It has a cover, which I love, of a St. Therese Um, a a book written by Susie Andres, and she's got the little flower on the cover and called it A Little Way of Homeschooling. And St. Therese says, Jesus does not demand great actions from us, but simple surrender and gratitude. Really, really beautiful. Okay. Um, We have an email from Skip. Skip says, good morning, Mother Miriam. My name is Skip. I'm 45 and live within the Diocese of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I've been a Catholic all my life. I had a period where I lived a very sinful life. I credit the Blessed Mother for converting me back. I thank the Blessed Mother with you, dear Skip. Up until the 2020 pandemic, I attended what is called the Novus Ordo. That's the new order of the Mass. To me, it was always the Holy Mass. When churches were shut down for a year, I prayed the rosary, and we would watch Mass. In March 2021, I attended the SSPX Latin Mass, which was a very new experience. It was a beautiful, reverent, and holy Mass. However, I do not speak Latin. After six months of consulting with my spiritual director, I decided to start attending the Byzantine Rite. My question is this. My question, is this a valid Mass? Is it a problem that they use leavened bread? I was always taught that the host must be unleavened bread. Thank you for your time, Skip. 
Skip, I don't understand the issue on the Byzantine rite of leavened bread either, but um, it's valid. The, the Byzantine, make sure it's Catholic Byzantine, because there's Byzantine that is uh, separate, that's more Orthodox. It's uh, Orthodox in uh, part of the, the split uh, between the Catholic and uh, Eastern churches. Um, make sure that um, it is uh, a Catholic Byzantine church, um, and it is absolutely valid. It is absolutely valid. I cannot answer why the leavened bread. Um, I know uh, many holy, holy uh, priests and others who are part of that Byzantine rite. Um, I was uh, able to experience a, a Ukrainian Byzantine rite one day. I did a conference for a Ukrainian Byzantine church in Vancouver, and I've never had experienced anything more beautiful in my life, including being at a Latin Mass. Just absolutely beautiful, and the closest to the synagogue in which I grew up um, that I've ever experienced. So no problem with the Byzantine Rite whatsoever, Skip. There is a problem with the SSPX because... um, there's great controversy on whether they are in schism or not, but I, I think uh, the final answer is that they are in schism. Um, I need to get back to Emmy on that, and I'm waiting for an official uh, answer from um, a wonderful canon lawyer priest. So um, the Byzantine is absolutely right. I'm very glad you found it. We have an in, uh, email from... Um, Uh, Someone who writes it anonymously and says, Dear Mother, I hope and pray that you and the sisters are well, and I hope that the issue with your convent is resolved, if not now, then soon. Well, I'll just mention it's not resolved. It's, it's, we still have to sell it, and the problem is, I've said this before, we've put 800,000 into it. Um, it's, if it were not in Beloit and it was finished, it would be well over a million dollar house, 6,000 square feet, uh, uh, stone, uh, limestone front and back and porch, and it, it's just simply gorgeous. We had built on the lower level uh, 12 cells that are 8 by 10, and if anyone buys it and has a, a family, they can take. we could take the walls out in between the bedrooms, and they could have six bedrooms instead of 12. There's a fireplace on both floors. It's just beautiful. But in its current condition, nobody's offering us um, the amount. It's a little over an acre um, with a creek behind it. Um, it's great, but... Um, nobody is because again we're not everything is bought and paid for uh i know you didn't ask me this dear anonymous but you gave me the opportunity to to say that um it's everything there's a hundred thousand dollars worth of of bathroom utilities toilets cabinets showers um doors everything all of floors everything purchased and delivered and paid for but it just the doors have to be on the floors need to put put down um so um it's it's not resolved and we need to see how god would wish to resolve that um i'm going to mention one other thing interrupting anonymous's email now if anyone out there um well we're looking to hire someone full-time uh if possible and um, our contact database is LGL, Little Green Light. 
if anyone knows the LGL, Little Green Light System, and would like to be part of us as a full-time employee, um, we would love it. We would love you to let us know. So uh, if you if you wish to contact us, go to our website, motherofisraelshope.org, and click on Contact, and you can email us and um, mail, M-A-I-L, at motherofisraelshope.org. I will get those emails, and we'll be in touch with you to see if, if it might be a fit. Um, so, uh, we, but we truly need somebody full-time who is very good at uh, contact database and data entry and good with uh, finances and that sort of thing. Okay, I'm going to go back to our email from Anonymous. Um, Dear Mother, uh, I hope and pray you are well. Um, okay, we, we've done that. And he says, I have a problem for which I hope you can provide some advice. As I go to Mass daily and meet the same people after church in carpooling, etc., I find it hard to respond to people who seem to, in quotes, toot their own holiness. I'll give two examples. A friend of mine showed me her knees and said that she needs to put makeup on them because they are so bruised from her kneeling. You know what I would say to that, um, to that woman? I would say, dress modestly and let your skirt come down mid-calf, and you won't have to put makeup on your knees. That would be my response to her. And he says, another has bandages on her knees, and without me asking, she told me she has wounds from kneeling. Well, I would tell both of them, go ahead and put pads on your knees if you want, but lower your skirts. Um, In both cases, we were not talking about prayer or kneeling. They just seem to want to share this with me. When I enter, yes, they're both boasting about their holiness. They are, but they should not boast uh, because one, to boast means automatically you are not holy. If you boast about it, you're not holy. You're, You're not humble. Can you imagine our Lord boasting about uh, any virtue of his or, or action of his? Um, uh, anonymous writes, in both cases, we weren't talking about prayer or kneeling. They just seem to want to share this with me. When I enter the church, there is a woman who tells me that she arrived an hour or more earlier. Once on a bus trip, another woman gave me a long description about how her doctor told her not to fast as her health is in danger but she still fasts anyways. She then went on to tell me how much she is suffering through the fast. I would tell that woman, Jesus is not pleased with your suffering. He gave you a doctor to, to instruct your health, and you're not obeying that. That's not a suffering that pleases Jesus. I would just directly answer these people. He says, I'm grateful to God for these people who love the Lord and want to serve him. I think they're a little more focused on themselves. Uh, However, I don't know how to respond to people when they say things like this. I usually say, God bless you. However, I feel they are losing the merit they would get if they had kept this information to themselves. What do you think, Mother? Thanks for all you do. I hope you and the sisters are keeping well. Anonymous. Well, I certainly agree with you. There's no merit. You're you're getting your reward in heaven. Uh, You're you're losing your reward in heaven by getting it on earth, by telling other people, by wanting them to think well of you and to praise you. That's fine. You've got your earthly reward if 
if that's what you're seeking, and you are, rather than your heavenly reward. That's it. So you could, um, you know, but I, I would really answer those people. The woman who says she's not following, she's suffering because she's not following the doctor's fast, I would say, I do not imagine God is pleased with that suffering. You are, you are being given help through the doctor by God's grace to, to be healthier, and you're ignoring that, you're disobeying it. I don't think you're pleasing God at all with that. And certainly with the one who puts makeup on her knees, her skirts are too short. There's no question about that. So I would answer them that way. Uh, you're anonymous. I don't know if you're a man or a woman. That might be hard for you. Um, uh, you could say God bless you or don't. I wouldn't even encourage them. I wouldn't respond. I wouldn't respond. I would just, if I don't make the comments that I would make, I would just turn around uh, and move on. There's no reason for you to even say God bless you and encourage them. This is the uh, our last break, beloved. We'll be right back after the break. We'll have 10 minutes, and there's still time for you to call in toll-free with anything whatsoever on your heart. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current, Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I discovered the Station of the Cross rather providentially a year ago. I've been a loyal listener ever since. I can't overestimate the value of the station, what it's made a difference in my life in terms of making me better informed Catholic. It has enriched my faith and sold me during tough times. It made me laugh on several occasions. I commend the important work of this great apostolate. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I listen to the radio. And if I can listen to something that brings me closer to God, closer to Jesus Christ, then it's the most beautiful thing. If you've been blessed by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Hey, Jim Havens here. I'm host of The Simple Truth, which airs every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. The focus of the show is authentically receiving, living, and handing on the simple truth of Jesus and his Catholic Church in a down-to-earth, no-nonsense manner. The guests are phenomenal, and each weekday has its own theme, always encouraging us to take the next step in our faith wherever we may be. It's The Simple Truth, every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Our lines are open. You haven't called in at all today, and I miss you. So call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Let me remind you one more time that um, on August 17th, LifeSite News uh, is having a beautiful gala in Naples, Florida. On August 17th, they're celebrating their 25th anniversary. And I will be there with them. Uh, LifeSite News uh, Editor-in-Chief John Henry Weston, Father James Altman, many other wonderful, wonderful religious and guests. And the keynote speaker is Jim Cavizio. And everybody is invited. The thing is, there are not seats for everybody, but everyone's invited. I don't know how many people that gala facility can hold, but once they're at that limit, uh, no one else will be able to to uh, register. So they're going to talk about LifeSite's accomplishment, defending life, promoting faith, family, and freedom for a quarter of a century. And uh, your admission, it says, includes a cocktail, hors d'oeuvres, uh, there's an hors d'oeuvre hour, a lovely dinner, and an evening of elegance, celebration, inspiration, and gratitude. Tickets are limited, so be sure to visit. Here's the website. Gala, G-A-L-A, Gala25, Gala25, dot, lifesitenews.com, uh, to get your tickets, um, and, um, uh, that's it. That's basically it. So, how how great it would be to meet you there. I'm I'm hardly doing any traveling these days. Um, it's the only trip I will be making um, from our community for the remainder of this year. So, I'm I'm thrilled to be with them. They're wonderful. Um, the 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 heads and staff of LifeSite News will be there. Um, it's going to be very very wonderful. And there to be there with Jim Caviezel, who played Jesus in the Passion, uh, Mel Gibson's Passion is. It's going to be a very special event. He's a very on fire, uh, Orthodox, fantastic Catholic. <clears throat> okay, now let me go where I left off. Um, Okay, here's an email from someone else who writes anonymously. Uh, Dear Mother, I hope you're doing well and enjoying the summer. I want to ask you a question. I'm interested in entering a religious order. However, from what I gather, all the religious obeyed the vaccine mandates. My fear is that I should join, that should I join one, I will be put in the position to take the COVID vaccine or leave. Do you have any advice? Yes, number one, never take the COVID vaccine. Never, 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 no matter the circumstance. Secondly, um, I don't, um, uh, you say, from what I gather, all the religious obeyed the vaccine mandates. That's simply not true. Many religious have not taken the vaccine. We have not here at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. And I'm not going to take someone who has taken the vaccine. Absolutely not. So um, so just keep looking. Just keep looking. It's not true that they've all taken it or that they require it. Um, and so I would just say keep looking. There's a good website, um, Institute on Religious Life. 
and they've got a huge amount of orders, uh, religious orders that you can you could look through and and their charisms and see which may fit you. We have an email from Benjamin, who writes. Um, Good morning, Mother. I love your show. This world is in dire need of some truths these days. It certainly is, Benjamin. He writes, Our local priest changes the Eucharistic prayer slightly. Instead of, Bless your church spread throughout the world, he says, Bless your church, which is in New Hampshire. Strengthen the bond between the pastors of your people. End quote. I know this text is, is not in the Roman Missal. Is he able to do this? Is this something Pope Francis recently allowed? He also has a distaste for the traditional Latin church. Thanks, peace and blessings, Benjamin. Well, that last point doesn't surprise me at all if he's doing his own thing at the Novus Ordo. Um, I um, personally, Benjamin, am not familiar or by memory with the Roman canon in the Novus Ordo that says bless your church spread throughout the world however um, he is not able to change it it's not a toy the mass to play with no words of the Roman Missal uh, of the prayers of the church officially at the mass may be changed so what I would do is um, uh, go to him and say and, and say father so and so um I'm sure you mean well, but your changing the words of the Roman Missal is very stressful. It's, it distresses us. It's a distraction from our prayer, a distraction from the Mass, because to us, you're ad-libbing and doing your own thing, um, which uh, the, the Mass does not give anyone permission to do. Uh, now, if you say it that far, he may get haughty and offended. But I would say to him, uh, I would beg you, Father, could you, at the prayers of the people, say those prayers, the church in New Hampshire, and strengthen the bond between the pastors of your people? Could you add that to the prayers of the church following uh, the homily, but, but not change the words of the prayers of the Mass? Something like that would not invalidate the Eucharist because that is not; those are not the words of consecration. But it's—I would just say to him—it's—it's it's really a distraction. It has us worried and concerned, and it's—it's it's really a distraction. Could you stick to what the Church says, and then use those prayers again at the prayers of the faithful? <clears throat> um. We have another email from someone who writes it anonymous, anonymously. That's fine with me. Dear Mother, I was very pleased and proud to hear that one of my cousins, a teacher in the Catholic schools, and a married woman with a family, has created a charitable organization that helps those with special needs. That's great. Indeed, it is a wonderful organization. I was wanting to support her and donate money, as well as spread the word to friends, etc. However, when I looked at the website, there was a statement advising that this organization is a, quote, safe space, unquote, for everyone. This includes everyone, quote, whatever sexual orientation, gender identity, end quote, etc. 
I know that this cousin supports the LGBTQ agenda, despite being Catholic. Well, I tell you what, she's Catholic, but she is not living the faith. You cannot be Catholic. You can be baptized Catholic. But I, I say that hell is filled and will be with baptized Catholics who turn against the teachings of the church. This is an example of it. She can call herself Catholic, but she is living in sin if she supports LGBTQ agenda. Um, Anonymous says, I'm conflicted. I would like to support her charity. I have a special spot in my heart for those with special needs, but I feel I cannot with that statement on the website. Mother, can you advise, please? God bless Anonymous. Do not support it. Absolutely do not. Um, and you need to let your cousin why you will not know why you will not support it. There are many special needs organizations that you can support that are good. They may not even be Catholic, but they're good. And they may be a, a non-Catholic Christian or non, non-Christian. And you can support them if there's no evil involved. But this is evil. And, and you do not want to support this. So... Um, uh, I would not donate there, but there are very good organizations to which you can donate, dear one. So um, you don't have to say anything if you don't want, but if you're close to your cousin, I would tell her why. God bless you, everyone. Have a beautiful weekend and live the faith with all your heart. We'll speak with you, God willing, on Monday. Bye-bye.